children were supposed to go back to the place we're staying uh, and um, she just couldn't get enough of you guys she said we, we got to come back we just it's just one more night just one more night and uh, we really are in love with you guys you're our second family second home and uh, it really is and we're, we're just we want to make it a point to just be here and I told pastor Daniel I said anytime you need anything just give me a call and it's not because your weather is better but because I love this man right here. And uh, we're for you guys. We're one family uh, in many locations. And it's just a privilege to be here. You have the greatest church on the planet. I'm telling you what. And you have one of the greatest pastors in the whole world. And uh, just to see, I've been coming here for over nine years. And to see the maturity that's happened in this house. And the level of faith that's here. The level of maturity. and The level of love. That is, that is here, that you have grown in, it's just astounding, it's wonderful. So let's just give Jesus a round of applause, amen. Why don't you remain standing as we get into the word. Turn with me to the book of Second Peter, Second Peter chapter 1. And I've got a word this morning, this morning, when is it? My goodness, this evening, thank you so much. Anybody else just kind of messed up from the prophetic conference, like days and nights or night and days and... Hallelujah. All right. Praise the Lord. Here we go. Second Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 3. Are you ready? You ready? You positive? Here we go. And His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. A what? A what? Now, I, I think we have to just for a moment, can we just, can we just break this down? His divine power has given us everything we need for not a... Uh, MTV crib life, not a superstar life, but a godly life. Now, it, by the time we get done with this passage, you're going to understand that a godly life is 10 times better, 100 times better than an MTV crib life or a superstar life. There's no life greater than a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us very great and precious promises. So that through them you may participate. Everybody say participate. participate. Not just watch. You ever met one of those guys that were just watchers? You know what I'm talking about? They just watched everybody work. They watched everybody do something. I remember when I got hurt and I, I want to just say this. I, I, I played football uh, in college and... I love football, and there was a moment I got hurt. I injured my shoulder. I tore my labrum completely off the bone. And, uh, and I had to sit and watch. You know, there's a lot of people in the church that are injured. Their hearts are broken through disappointment, through so many other things. And they're called to participate, but because of their brokenness, they're just watching. And God has given us everything that we need, his divine power, so that we can participate. Look at that person next to you and say, participate. Participate in his divine, in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now, are you ready for this? Verse 5. For this reason, make every effort to add. Everybody say add. One more time. Everybody say add. To add to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing, everybody say increasing measure, in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, can we just, before we have a seat, can I just point out something for you? That there is a place called improductive or unproductive and what? Ineffective. Unproductive and ineffective. See, that's what I don't want. I want you to be productive and effective. How many of you guys want to be productive and effective? So if there's a place called ineffective and unproductive, then we can move and shift to that place of being productive and 
effective. Father, I pray an anointing upon the people of this house, an anointing upon this word. And Father, even in this brief moment as we break this thing down, so Lord, our faith may be strengthened. Lord, that when people leave this house, those whose faith has been broken, those whose faith, Lord, has been weak and emaciated, Father, that they will arise with a newfound faith, a strength in their faith. And I thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated. I'm going to pray for some people tonight. But before, I'm, I'm, is it okay if we just jump into this thing? Uh, I've had a lot of fun in the last few days, but I really want to teach you tonight because there's something I want to I really want to impart into you. And this is very important to me. Because we have to realize that within Scripture says it is without faith it is impossible to please God. Faith is one of the essentials, the quintessential aspect of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Without it, we have nothing. Faith is required in salvation. Faith is required in increase. Prosperity. Faith is required in every aspect of our relationship with God. And if you lack faith, you have absolutely nothing. So now we get this prophetic word and we think we actually have something because we received a promise or we received a prophetic word. But your prophetic word and your promise is nothing if it has no faith. If there's no faith attached to your word, if there's no faith attached to the promise, then you're going to be like the ten spies looking at the promised land going, I don't think so. Faith is required. Everything in God, if you are going to partake of anything and everything in God, faith is required. Now this is the dilemma. Is if there's any area that the devil's going to attack you, it's not in your body. The devil don't care if you got a six-pack, an eight-pack, or a keg. Anybody with me? Hallelujah. The devil don't care. He doesn't care if you're sexy or you're ugly. I'm just telling you right now, he don't care if you're tall, you're short, you're white, you're black. He doesn't care if you're talented, if you're gifted. As a matter of fact, he'd rather you be super, super gifted so you rely more upon your gift than the anointing. Just letting you know. The devil has no problem with you being gifted. The devil has no problem with you being wealthy. So where the areas of the devil wants to attack is not your wealth, not your body, not even your mind, the devil wants to attack your faith. Because if he can attack your faith, then what can he make you? Ineffective and unproductive. Anybody with me? That's what the devil wants. And so he's going to do everything he possibly can to attack your faith. And we understand within Scripture from Old Testament and New, to, to the New Testament that even Jesus himself measures faith. So some people say, well, pastor, you know, you can't measure faith. Oh, yes, you can. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, what little faith you have. Then Jesus looked at the, <laughs> the centurion man and said, wow, what great faith. I haven't seen, any, I haven't seen greater faith. Are you, are you guys with me? So we understand that there are measures of faith. You can have great faith. You can have little bitty faith. You can have strong faith. You can have weak faith. Now, I think one of the dilemmas that I found myself in, maybe nobody else has struggled with this, but I found myself struggling with this, is that I have a tendency to allow faith to stand on its own. What do you mean, Pastor? It's, isn't it all about faith? Yeah, it is all about faith. It is about faith. You can't substitute faith in our relationship with God. You can't have something else that does the same thing. Anybody with me? Any, anybody, anybody in here take supplements? You guys know what I'm talking about? Amen. Anybody in here don't like to eat your greens and your roughage and so you swallow it in a pill? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see that hand over there. But you know, there's no supplements for faith. You guys understand, you can't, you can't, just, take, you can't just take something and say, well, hey, uh, I, I'm going to just supplement my faith with this idea or education. 
Some of you are very cerebral, so everything is about the education and breaking down the word. And you can have all the words you want, but if the word does not build faith, then the word is useless. I'm just telling you, because I know a lot of people that know the Bible, but they have no faith attached to the word, and it is rendered useless in their life. Are you getting this? Now, I'm trying to build an understanding of faith because as important and as essential as faith is in our walk with God to obtain all that God has for us, because faith is so under attack, we see something very interesting. Peter, now we we have to understand Peter. Peter was one messed up individual. He's a mighty man of God, but he had some problems. Anybody with me? Peter himself went through seasons of his life where his faith was tested. And there were moments he passed the test, and there were moments he failed the test. So if anybody should understand faith, it's Peter, don't you think? But Peter has this revelation. He says, I want all of you, this is the revelation for all of us tonight, I want you to add to your faith. Now, hold on a second. I already laid down the foundation. Not to supplement faith. Everybody say, not to supplement faith. The Ten Commandments, as wonderful as they are, as we understand, Paul gives us revelation, even in the book of Romans, that as wonderful as the law of God is, the law of God cannot take the place of faith. Because did you know you can obey the laws of God without faith? You can The law is powerless to save you. That's what Paul had such a hard time with the law. He he loves the law. Paul actually loved the law. But his problem with the law is that the law cannot save you. Anybody with me? All the law does is reveal our issues, our need for God. And so we understand you can't have the law just because you're obeying the law doesn't mean you have faith. All right, so I want to make that clear because as we step into this, I'm about to paint a picture for you that we have to realize that if we don't have these components added to our faith, our faith, well, it's under attack. Our faith under attack becomes vulnerable and susceptible to failure. Wait a second, what, Pastor? Peter had this revelation that as wonderful as our faith is, as essential as our faith is, without these key components that he gave us, these key ingredients that he gave us, that faith will be susceptible to failure. Means because faith can increase and because faith can decrease and the devil's trying to attack us, he says this, we need to fortify our faith. Fortify your faith. Now I'm going to ask Mr. Trent, can you can you please come help me? And uh, this is this is faith, right here. He's going to represent faith today. You are you are an example man this evening. Are you ready? Come stand right here. This is faith. Who is he? Faith. Now you see, faith is wonderful, but faith without these components are is vulnerable. You see, I can come right in and there's nothing keeping me from beating on him and trying to attack him and trying to wear down his faith and make him tired and make him weak. And see, now he's getting irritated. And he's looking at me like, dude, I'm about to false your face. I'm going to crack you, right? But you see, a lot of us, this is where we are. And unbeknownst to us, we're in this place thinking, oh, man, I got great faith because I go to KC and I got the best pastor in the world. And No, you can't go anywhere, Faith. <laughs> See, Faith always trying to be running off. <laughs> and so, so here you go, and we, we, we think that we're in a good spot because we're in the right place, but it doesn't mean that the devil's still not trying to work us and beat you down because this is his concern. If that promise that he got at this prophetic conference gets detached to his faith, I'm going to be in trouble. Oh, come on now. Are you ready for this one? 
if their money gets attached to their faith, I'm going to have some problems. Are you guys, are you guys getting this? So what he wants to do is he wants to bombard you. He wants to do everything he can to try and intercept. Are you with me? But when we have these key components surrounding our life, we create a barrier. Everybody say a barrier. A wall. A fortified wall around faith where no longer is faith susceptible to failure. But faith is now made strong. Can I get, can I get a witness up in here? So let's just, faith, you got to stay there. Don't run off on me, faith. You're going to have some problems if you run off on me, faith. Are you guys, you guys ready for this? Let's break this down. And I'm going I'm to need a lot of help. I'm going to need some help. Are you ready? What does he say? Number one, we're to add to our faith virtue. Now, Mike Sisson, you're probably one of the most virtuous individuals I know on planet Earth. Nobody's laughing. That means they love you. That's wonderful. I didn't hear anybody go, ah, right. <laughs> you're loved. Come on, come down here. Now, I love this because as we break this down, understanding what Peter's saying, he uses the word virtue. Now, the word virtue is very important because the word virtue in its original context of what Peter's wanting us to understand, it, it is talking about or making a point to our behavior. Not necessarily our spirituality, but our behavior, things that you do in the dark. What you do when nobody's looking. But even more so, are you ready for this? It is a high moral standard in your life. It is a standard that has been developed in your life to say, this is contrary to what I believe. This is contrary to really what I understand within the Word of God. So anything that comes by me, if it's a lie, because I have this high moral standard, I reveal the lie straight up. Why? Because this exists in me. And so anything that comes close to your faith as it tries to pass through virtue, when it's contrary to the nature of virtue in your life, guess what happens? That virtue reveals the fake. That virtue calls it out. The virtue says, excuse me, but you're contrary to what I believe. You're contrary to how I live. Peter says, add to your faith virtue. Everybody say virtue. Now, what's the next one? Add to your faith what? Go ahead and stick that passage up there for me. Add to your faith what? After virtue is what? Come on, who has their Bible open? Now, this is what's amazing. You ready for this? Add to your faith what? Virtue. Then add to your faith knowledge. Now, I want you to see this because this is amazing. It is knowledge represents an ever-increasing or a perpetual incline to knowing him. Meaning it's never stopping. See, I, I look at faith this way, and I'm sure your pastor has used this example. Faith is like that car that's on a hill that has no brakes. And as you're going up that hill, if you let off the gas, what happens to that car? It goes backwards. But as long as you step on that gas, what's going to happen? You're going to begin to climb. See, there's a necessity to grow in faith. Now, how do we grow in faith? Faith comes by hearing and what? Hearing what? Song? Hearing worship? It's hearing people's opinions? Hearing what somebody else said on TBN? No, it's hearing the 
word of God. Now, this is not just directed to the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. We also understand that faith comes by hearing the word, which is, now, are you ready for this? Because the word has never, ever meant simply words on a page put together, culminated to make something, 66 books culminated to make something called the Bible. The word has always existed as Christ revealed. Are you guys with me? That is the word. We understand that, right? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the word, and the word was, and the word was with God in the beginning. Now, we understand this, and the reason I'm pointing this out to you is because your faith cannot be protected just by knowing the word alone. You see, the word becomes a guide to whose spirit you're listening to. See, if you don't know the word, you'll never, dis- you'll never be able to discern what spirit's talking to you. So, can I get an usher to help me out? Come on. Everybody say knowledge. You got to come on this side. Everybody say knowledge. Now, you see, this is the wonderful thing. All of a sudden, the devil's like, I'm going to beat his faith down today. And so the devil, he gets ready like a bull, right? And he's coming. He's coming at your faith. And all of a sudden, he's running at you. And all of a sudden, he bumps into what? Knowledge. Knowledge. I know the word. Ready for this? I know the character of God. I know the nature of God. I know the voice of God. And all of a sudden, there's this barrier between faith and the devil. Faith and your circumstance because you're, you're protected by knowing God. See, the devil says, if you are the son of God, <laughs> if you truly are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. And what is Jesus' response? It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Are you understanding? What so, so the problem is today, the reason why so many people's faith is susceptible to attack or to failure is because we don't know the word. And worse off, we don't know God. Because if you were to know the word, you would know God. You would know the character of God. You would know the integrity of God. You would know about him. And we said, well, nobody can know God. If you know your word, he reveals himself. He reveals his nature to you. And that nature and the knowing of his nature and the confidence that you have protects faith. Everybody with me? Let's keep going. How about this one? Self-control. Hallelujah. Now, I like this one because, turn with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5. And I'm going to fly through this because I only have a few minutes. Now, it says, live in the spirit, Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. Live in the spirit and you will not fulfill or gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, this is what's so unique. When you break down the true understanding of what Peter is talking about in the Greek, and we, I, I want to flow through this, but really what he's describing is a spirit-aided discipline. I'm going to say that one more time. A spirit-aided discipline. Why? Because your body knows what it knows. Your body knows what it knows. Your mind knows what it knows. And if all you have to control yourself is self, it's really no control at all. Why? Because the control that he is alluding to, to build faith, because faith goes beyond just the limitations of our self-control. In order to see faith protected, we need spirit-aided discipline. Are you guys with me tonight? I, I, I need some, uh, I need some self-control. Can I get an usher that has some, come on, I need, come on, usher. We might need to move this pulpit here. Let's just move it back here. Praise God. You guys can move up a little bit. Are you ready for this one? See, because this, this is one of the problems I've had. Anybody in here ever get emotional? We call it emo. Anybody in here just get emo? Like you're in the midst of a circumstance and it's like all hell is breaking loose in your life and just nothing's going right. 
Everything's coming against you. Nothing makes sense. Anybody ever been in nothing makes sense? Your finances don't make sense. Your body don't make sense. Your head don't make sense. Your marriage don't make sense. Now, how in the world do you gain control over something that is so out of control? And at times, maybe, you're, maybe you've been like me where it feels like you're grasping at straws. You're, you're grasping at this, you know, when you fall off that cliff and you're like, oh, no. And you're trying to grasp for the top, but you've fallen and there's no getting up. Maybe none of you, maybe I'm the only person that has ever felt like that. Thank you. And you feel like you're in this spiral downfall of dysfunction. You're just out of control. Your circumstance is out of control. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. That it's not by might, nor by power, but it is by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, don't you think that it's profound that the book of Jude would say to build yourself up in the most holy faith and what? Do what? pray in the Holy Spirit. There have been moments in my life where my spirit and my faith was so emaciated that I I didn't have, and and the worst part is I had to go preach. Like we're 30 minutes out and I have all the words to say, but there's nothing in my spirit to give. And I'm weak. I'm tired. I hate the world. I hate my circumstance. I hate everything. And I'm like, why in the world am I doing this? God, this is my last sermon ever. And I'm laying on the ground going, God, I don't know why you called me to this. You picked the wrong person. And I didn't want to do anything. As a matter of fact, you ever find yourself in that point, you don't even want to say anything. You don't have the guts or the courage to even say anything. And everybody's like, just declare. You're like, shut up. Anybody with me? Come on. Have you been there before? Praise God, I'm not the only one. That is where we begin to dig deep and we release something that can only be released. Now listen to me. This is why I'm convinced that speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Do you know why I'm convinced of that? Because speaking in tongues requires faith. There is no possible way that you can develop something spirit-aided in your life without the spirit you can't fake it enough you can't pretend to be anointed enough and that's when you just got to break out and begin to start praying in the holy ghost and let that faith begin and it might start off like a co 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 and then all of a sudden you start getting your holy roll and you just start and you start bringing it and all of a sudden that, that that walk that you had before and you're just like i hate life I hate my wife. I hate everything. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. You all know you've said that before. Why am I in this mess? And then all of a sudden, it moves to this. Woe is me. All of a sudden, you start getting some strength. And, and something that is unexplainable. You can't, I mean, you really can't define it. That's why so many people have a hard time with it. That's why this church has to exist in Wasilla. Because it is, it is a church that understands the power of the Holy Spirit. That if we can get the Holy Spirit to begin to uproot some things in your life. If we can get the Holy Spirit to download in your life. Then what will happen is this. When the devil comes against you, all of a sudden, there's a control of your flesh that is out of control. But all of a sudden, come on in front. The devil's coming at you. Now listen, I'm not just, I'm not here to say, I'm, uh, please, I'm not so naive to think. I'm not so naive to think that the only way we function in the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Because truly... I would much rather you, and I'm about to say something, because some people are like, well, pastor, I spoke in tongues for five hours. Good. Can you obey him? Because I know a lot of people, they sheet the shunda for five hours, but they can't even obey the Holy Spirit because they have a language without relationship. I'm going to sit down right here tonight. That was... Come on now. Spirit aided. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Holy Spirit, come on. I need your intervention. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit shows up. And here comes the devil. 
to attack your mind, to attack your body, to attack your marriage, and you're prayed up. You're speaking in tongues. You're connected to the person of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you what, those fiery darts and arrows fall short. We need the Holy Spirit. Don't think, do not think that your faith does not need the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad you guys are with me tonight. Can we keep going? All right, I need another usher. Come on. I like this next one. Perseverance. Everybody say perseverance. Now, we understand that you got you to go in the back there. Sorry, sorry. Now, you ready for this one? We got perseverance. Now, let me tell you what's so significant about Perseverance. Is that what we see is it's a great endurance that helps us go beyond short-lived faith. Have you ever been in that point in your life where you had some short-lived faith? Let me, let me talk to you about, you know, how you're believing for something, like that prophetic word you got this weekend, and all of a sudden Friday comes, next Friday comes, you're like, okay, well, I guess it's not going to happen. Because your faith has no perseverance. There's no endurance there. Now listen, I, I am what you would call a short distance runner. Maybe, maybe that's like really short distance. Like it's one explosion and that's about it. All right, thank you. Found it. I'm, a, I'm not a long distance runner. So if you were to ask me like, like today, you know, we, we're going up to the hills we're up there, and we're, we're walking up the hill. Pastor Daniel, it's like his fifth time up the hill, and I'm like, two times, I'm done. <laughs> Praise him. And you have to, you have to ask yourself, what's, what's more valuable, not walking up or sledding down? <laughs> not walking up. <laughs> right, so I'm... I, I realize that in my life, I, I have my own deficiencies, my own inabilities. But I think, I think we can maybe parallel this because maybe some of us have found ourselves where faith has some deficiencies and inabilities because it lacks perseverance. And we call it short-lived faith. We find ourselves in circumstances and we don't have the faith power to get out of the circumstance can your faith outlast your circumstance see because this is what the devil will do the devil will try and come and trip you up he'll try and come behind you he'll try and throw crazy stuff in your life he's just going to release all the hell and say okay hell go get him because he knows why is it the testing of your faith develops perseverance why is perseverance so important because the role that perseverance plays is what maturity in our life a mature faith. Can your faith outlast your circumstance? Well, Pastor, I got a prophetic word that my bank account was going to say this, and it doesn't say that right now. Can your faith outlast your circumstance? Pastor, my, my prophetic word said that my body would be healed. Can your faith outlast? Your circumstance. You see, it's wonderful. We can have all showy faith, and maybe you've maybe you've 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 come to that point in your life where you've had a, a lot of showy faith. Now, let me tell you something that's very unique. I I used to bodybuild one time in my life. Believe it or not, uh, hallelujah. And one thing about bodybuilding is you build a lot of muscle, but you have no endurance. Short bursts. I, if you were to ask me to run two miles, I say I, I can bench four hundred pounds. But I ain't running two miles. You must be kidding me. Why? Because sometimes the only exercise we get when exercising our faith is to show it off. Not to last. Ooh, how are you exercising your faith? Is it so that your faith will last or so, so that your faith looks good? Are you guys with me? Come on, because I think some of us, we focus more on our faith looking good than our faith lasting you have to add everybody say add add to your faith perseverance can we keep going are you guys having fun yet 
All right, Pastor Vince, it's your turn. This is my favorite one. Add to your faith godliness. Now, what is the difference between godliness and virtue? What is the difference between godliness and virtue? It is this, a reverence to live. Are you ready for this? This is what godliness means. And this is the proper interpretation of the word godliness in reference to what Peter is saying. It is to live in reverence to God. It is to have great, deep respect for God. That is the definition of godliness. Pastor Vince, where are you at? Right there. See, one thing I see is that our faith at times lacks reverence for God. You know what happens when you lack reverence for God? Pride comes in. Now, let me, let me just help you understand something. Because, because this, is, this is important. When pride enters the presence of God, it manifests if it's not dealt with. Now, hear this. If pride enters into the presence of God, if not dealt with, it will manifest as rebellion. You don't believe me? What happened with the devil? Where was the devil when he rebelled? He was in the presence of God. And all of a sudden, pride arose in his heart, and that pride was unchecked. Why? Because he lost godliness. He lost respect and honor for God. And so that pride arose in his heart, and it manifested as rebellion. And so a lot of people, we come into the house, we're like, oh, I feel the anointing. Oh, it's powerful. And we think we, and, and we start prophesying. We see some people healed. And we're in the presence of God. We feel the tangible presence of God. But we have unresolved pride unchecked in our life. And it turns into rebellion. So you can have faith. You can have faith. But if you don't have the humility that leads to godliness... If you don't have the humility that godliness requires, then your faith will be contaminated by pride. Are you guys getting anything tonight? Should I, should I keep going? All right, let's keep going. Then you asked for it. The next one is brotherly love. Now, I like this word because it's, it's the word kindness. It's, it's the word Philadelphia, which means brotherly love. And I asked this question, Lord, why is brotherly love so important to be a wall around my faith? Why do I need brotherly love? I mean, really, why? Because the absence of brotherly love means the presence of unforgiveness. The absence of brotherly love is the presence of unforgiveness. When you lack the ability to love your brother, love your neighbor, that normally means there's unforgiveness, bitterness, there's some unresolved issues in your life that are hindering you from loving your brother like you love yourself. And this is the worst part, is that inability to love your brother will contaminate faith. Unforgiveness contaminates faith. I'm going to say it one more time. Can you help me? Come on. Unforgiveness contaminates faith. So when you have this ability to forgive, when you have this ability to love your brother, what is the opposite of something contaminating or short-circuiting your faith? What does it do? It builds faith. Just the presence of brotherly love, are you ready for this? Comes as a barrier, right, right here, as a barrier or a wall around your faith. Because this is what will happen. Somebody will offend you. Now, isn't it interesting when somebody offends you, it directly affects your faith? Maybe you've never been in that point of your life before. I've been in that place in my life where somebody offended me and it directly affected my faith. Why? Because it consumes you. It takes you over. That whole, th I mean, it just, oh, all I can think about is how I want to beat them up. 
You see them in the aisle, right? You're, you're in like aisle nine and they're in aisle 10 and you see them and you're hiding from them at Fred Myers. I know, I know you. Well, when the worst part is this, you leave your faith inactive when you have no brotherly love because that's where faith is manifest with one another. If we lack love, then we actually restrict faith. If I have no brotherly love, when you need a miracle, I'm not going to pray for you. Why? Because I lack love. How many times throughout the New Testament did the Word of God say that Jesus was moved with compassion? Are you seeing this? Because I see a lot of people within the church, they supposedly have a lot of faith, but that faith is contaminated by unforgiveness and bitterness and hurt and disappointment. Well, Pastor, it was a long time ago. My mama, my daddy... My sister, my auntie, my uncle. Can you love? Can you forgive? So that you can fortify faith. Let's hit this last one. Everybody say love. Now we understand this. This is a God by love. This is God's divine love. So you have a responsibility to tap into God's love. We talked about this for some of you who are in first service on Sunday. You you heard about how God loves to express. He wants to express his love. Matter of fact, he's made his love experiential. We can experience God's love. As we close tonight, I'm going to ask for that that one last person. Can you help me out? Come on. To be God's love. This is the main connection right here. God's love. Why? Because when you have God's love, you love what he loves and you love how he loves. You love what he loves and you love how he loves. And God's love purifies faith. Are you seeing this? Now, where's faith at? Where's faith at? You remember that faith that at one moment was vulnerable? You remember that faith that I was pushing around? That faith that was susceptible to failure? Now where's faith? We need to fortify faith. That's what Peter is saying. Add to faith. Virtue, godliness, brotherly love, agape love. We have to add to faith. Put a wall around your faith so that your faith through perseverance through every one of these components can stand the test, can stand the circumstance, can outlast your circumstance. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed all over this room. See, your faith needs these components to bring strength to it. It's not that your faith is not enough. Hear me one more time. It is not that your faith is not enough. It's that your faith needs these components to strengthen it, to be a barrier, to be a fortified wall around your faith that it's sometimes, at times, not all the time, sometimes vulnerable susceptible to the attacks of the enemy and my hope if there's anything I can accomplish tonight is that when you leave this house you'll say you know what Lord I want to leave this house with fortified faith I want to leave this house with the ability I don't want to leave this house with weak faith I want to leave this place with strong fortified faith now I'm going to ask you to do something for me if you're here and you say pastor I'm going to be honest with you there's a lot of there are a lot of components to that fortified wall tonight but if you can be honest with yourself and you say you know pastor I'm going to be straight up my faith is weak right now 
My faith is growing, going through circumstances. All hell is breaking loose on my faith. Pastor, will you pray for me so that my faith will be strengthened, so that I will do what is necessary to fortify my faith. If that's you, on the count of three, lift your hands. One, two, three. Come on, just put your hands up all over this house. Come on. Come on. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's nothing to be embarrassed about because many of us face moments where our faith is under attack and our faith gets weak, our faith gets emaciated, but it is God's plan. Hear the word of the Lord. Add to your faith these components so that your faith can be strengthened, so that your marriage can be strengthened, so that your walk with the Lord can be strengthened. Hallelujah. With your hands raised, just put both your, for those who have their hands raised, I want you to put both your hands in the air right now. Come on. And we're going to pray. If there's any moment that we needed the Spirit's help, it's right now. If you can pray in the Holy Ghost, I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. If you can, I want you to just worship right now. Put your hands on you. Come on. We need some help tonight. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, search our hearts. Help us. Help us, Lord. Pastor Daniel or myself or Pastor Karen, your wonderful pastoral team, just because they lay hands on you, that your faith is going to be all better. If you lack the ability or the if you lack the discipline to fortify your faith. Because I've seen it too often. I lay hands on somebody they leave, their faith is still weak. Why? I laid hands on them, but they didn't make the choice to fortify their faith. They went home to their marriage with unfortified faith. They went to their job with unfortified faith. You have to make a conscious decision. And this is what I'm going to ask. As you raise your hand, I'm going to pray a prayer. And this is, what I'm going to, this is what I'm believing. That tonight, by the power and the help of the Holy Spirit, He's going to strengthen you. Those areas of your life that have been weak. Those areas of that wall, that fortified wall that surrounds faith, those areas that have been missing, and the Holy Spirit's going to help you right now. So lift your hands to the Lord. Come on. We're going to ask for the Lord's help. Lord, I stretch my hands out through this incredible congregation with every person here. Lord, in honesty, in all honesty, Lord, the areas of their life, you say, Pastor, I don't know. They're crying out, Lord, for your help. They need your help, God. So the Holy Spirit, come. night on, their faith is going to change. From this night on, their faith is not going to be susceptible to the attacks of the enemy or their circumstances anymore. But their faith will be strengthened. Their faith will be fortified in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout of praise in this place. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. You may be seated. Let's bless the Moroccos. Amen. Ushers, you help us. Yeah, go ahead. Put your hands together again. Hallelujah. Lord's good. Great work.
Hallelujah. Making out a check, make it out to KC. We'll send him on with one. Fortify your faith, baby. Pastor Josh, Pastor Shannon, all your beautiful children, thank you so much for coming and ministering to us. They're jumping on an airplane tomorrow and flying back to suffer for Christ in Hawaii. You can have it. Praise God. I love Alaska. Anybody love Alaska? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it is nice to visit. Amen. If you're all ready, say aye. over a couple of people just as you're as you're here this is what I want you to do this might sound ridiculous as a matter of fact this may just sound mean because I'm asking you to do this but I want you to lift your hands to the Lord right now just right both both of your arms just lift them up to the Lord Byron Maria I want you to come here come here man of God bring your wife I want you guys to stand right there I want you guys to lift your you lift your arms as high as you can in Jesus name Father I thank you for your healing power that is happening even right now, Lord God, as they're lifting their arms. You're giving them strength and you're giving them power and anointing in Jesus' name. Complete and total healing 
There's someone here that's been having a twitch. You're having an interesting twitch in your eye. It hasn't stopped for a while. You've had it for a while. God's healing you right now. In the, it's on the bottom of your eye. And God's healing you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, keep worshiping. Just keep worshiping. Just keep playing. Come on, everybody, stretch your hands out towards these right now. Come on. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus right now, healing, 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 healing. There are three people here that have a rash on the top of your head. And I want to pray for you. I want to actually lay hands on you. There's three people that have a rash on the top of your head. I want you to come stand here right now. Just come up to the front right now. If you got, if you want, if you're tired of it, you want it to be healed, I want you to come up. You have a rash. It's like this. You're constantly itching. It's constantly scratchy. It hurts. I want you to get on up here. Come on. God's going to heal you. Just lift your hands. As we were talking today, I felt like the Lord showed me a picture. That there are things that are shifting and changing. Because God's going to begin to give you a different level, take you to a different level of wisdom and a different level of anointing. But first and foremost, it's time for you to understand the level of leadership that God is calling you to. Not just in this church, but also in this community. You're called to be leaders in this community. And I believe that there's a, there's a season coming where you need to walk into leadership in this house because it's going to develop your leadership within the community and within this city. And as you step into that, you're going to begin to see there's going to be some things that are going to step on, that are going to come off of you. I almost feel like there's some apprehension that God's just going to begin to strip off of you. And there's a new boldness and courage. You're not, you're not a person that's afraid or fearful, but there's some things going, hey, you know, I don't know. There's some questions about some things. God says, as you step in, I'm going to begin to move and cultivate some things in your life like never before. And I'm going to take you to another level of faith. I'm going to take both of you to another level of effectiveness in every area of your life. Get ready. Because in these next three years, you're going to start seeing a shift in influence throughout this state. So, Father, I pray for that right now in Jesus' name. Father, for vision, for hope, for future in Jesus' name. Right now, right now. Where are those three people with their hair, with their, their head? In Jesus' name. Where are the three? There's two more. Come up here right now. Come on. Come up here. Come stand here in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name right now. Everybody shut your hands out towards these. Someone here has been having a problem with your chin. God wants to heal you. I'm just going to call you up. If that's you, there's something wrong with your chin. I don't necessarily know what it is. I just see a picture of someone that has pain on their chin. God wants to heal you. I want you to come on up right now in Jesus' name. Right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Whoever that is, God wants to heal you. Hallelujah. 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 Is that you? Come here, take my hand. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray healing. And I thank you, Lord, for your healing power right now. There's healing in this place. I want all the people. There, there's multiple people right now. God is healing your intestinal tract. There's been some severe. There's a woman. There's a woman here that's been having a severe problem with your intestinal tract. Come quickly. Come, come, come quickly. Severe problem. Come, just stand here. It's okay. Come, come. If that's you. I want that man, that man that's been having pain in your side. Right here, just go ahead and come on up here. You've been having pain right on your side. God's going to heal you right now. As you come on up here in faith, God's going to heal you and touch you. In Jesus' name. Starts right here. Goes all the way down. In Jesus' name. How many of you guys got faith that God can heal? Come on. Don't you know it? Don't you believe it? Come on. Lord, release your healing power right now. Come on, if you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, go ahead. Release miracles right now. Shoulders be healed. Digestive system be healed. Skin be healed. Lord, will you reveal you heal? Release healing right now. In Jesus' name, be healed. Be healed. Be healed.
knowledge, all right? You get word of knowledge, God speaks to somebody, says, oh, this and that's going on. So he came up with back problems, shoulder problem, and it felt like what? Bee sting in my spine. It felt like bee, that's not, I know what bee stings are like. It felt like bee stings in his spine. What's it feel like now? Fine. Fine, he says. No more bee stings. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Be healed. It's your breath. It's your breath. In our Be healed. So if you're up front or you're in the congregation, it doesn't matter. You're all right. Come on. closed if you're here you're not right with God don't leave this place without being reconciled to him want to receive Jesus for the first time or recommit your life to him if you've drifted you're not as hot as you used to be with the Lord not as on fire as you used to be you need to come back to him. if you're here under the sound of my voice give your heart back to Jesus if that's you whether it be the first time or in recommitment. Come on, do it. You ready? Just pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. As he rose again from the grave, so raise up my life now. Newness of life. The old is gone. The new has come. Thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you that all of my sins are now wiped away. <laughs> Amen. Put your hands together for God. Lord, thank you. Bless and touch. Uh, as you're on the floor here, just stay there a second. Uh, I, I looked over and I saw you being carried. And you had such peace on you. And the Lord shows me that He's carrying you. And though there's times where you feel like maybe you're not being carried or maybe you're even drowning. The Lord, is, the Lord is carrying you. And I, I saw, as I looked down, I saw, you know, messengers on either right and the left of you carrying you. You're going to sleep tonight. You're going to sleep the sleep of the just tonight. You're just going to, like, knock out, and every hour will be like two, and he's going to give you dreams. He's going to encourage you. He's speaking to you. I see his hand on you right now. I see the hand of the Lord just touching you. It's going to be all right great woman of God great family of God take someone by the hand Lord thank you for what you've done thank you for our dear our dear friends family the Moroccos pray that you'd bless each and every one that's come and those online those that'll listen later by podcast and over YouTube bless your people God cause your face to shine upon them lift up your countenance towards them be gracious to them keep them give them peace Jesus name. One more thing. I encourage you to plug into some of our small groups and ministries. You stop off at that info, information desk out there and we'll hope to see you. All right. Sunday morning, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., Sunday night, Pastor Gannon. God bless you.